0: Namaste and welcome to Kidacity. We can share, learn and have fun together. I'm your host Samachitta and this is episode 25. Asana and Truly Asia. What started as a project during the lockdown is now on its 25th episode. to time my parents were helping me with the research and ideas for each episode, my grandparents were being my cheerleaders, my teachers were teaching me, the skills of research writing presentation and all my listeners for being lovely audience gracias arikato danewar and thank you i learn a lot of things in each episode and look forward to bringing many more episodes of curiosity to you welcome to discover yoga yoga is an ancient Indian system, which is the practice of bringing balance to our body, mind and soul. This week, we will learn about asanas, the most visible form of yoga practice. All of you must have seen yoga asanas or poses in some form or the other. Maybe you or someone in your family practices these. You might have learnt a few asanas at school or watched other people perform these on television or newspapers. But what is the reason why yoga asanas are practiced? According to Hatha Yoga Pradipika, asanas are performed to train and prepare the body to sit for a long period of time for meditation or dhyana. Here is a small task for you. Find a comfortable spot in your house and sit on the floor with your legs crossed. In yoga, it is called Sukhasana. Check how long you can do this without moving any part of your body. At what time do your legs start to feel restless? At what time does your back start to hurt? Regular asana practice helps in bringing flexibility and strength to each part of the body. Unlike many other forms of physical workouts, the ultimate goal of an asana is that we should be able to breathe normally in any asana for a long period of time. Do you remember the Patanjali Yoga Sutra about asanas, stiram Sukam Asanam? The wonderful thing about asanas is that they don't require any equipment or large space. All you need is a yoga mat and yourself. Many asana names contain the names of animals, birds, plants, etc. To make it easy for a person doing them to visualize them. For example, Vrikshasana is a tree pose, so you have to stand tall. Sarpasana is a snake pose. Matyasana is a fish pose. Parvatasana is a mountain pose. Interesting, right? I have one request for all of you and I promise to do this too. If we want to refer to the asana part of yoga, let us start using the term yoga asana instead of yoga. See, I'm going for a yoga asana class or do you know this yoga asana? It's now time for some good news. The global grad show concluded in Dubai this week. This is the world's most diverse gathering of graduate design projects and 100 ideas were selected from 1,600 submissions across 270 universities and 70 countries. One of them is a pillow that cuts off Wi-Fi signals as soon as one lies down on it. This will help in stopping people from using their smartphones to put themselves to sleep. Another project has created eco-friendly packaging out of the stinky durian fruit. Speaking of eco-friendly initiatives, the United Kingdom this week announced a ban on the sale of new cars that run only on fossil fuels such as petrol and diesel by 2030. This is a part of the Green Industrial Revolution plan announced by the Prime Minister, Mr. Boris Johnson. I have spoken about Elon Musk's SpaceX mission in my earlier episodes. This week, four astronauts, three from the US and one from Japan, finally took off from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida to the International Space Station. With this success, very soon we could all be traveling to Mars for our vacations... Finally, Lewis Hamilton this week became one of the most successful Formula One racing champions after winning his seventh world title. He now equals the wins of another great racer, Michael Schumacher. That is all for this week's good news. Are you ready for your virtual vacation? Get your backpack, sunglasses, water bottle and say hello. Country 10 amazing things. The 8th country goes by the nickname Truly Asia. Any guesses? It's Malaysia! Located in Southeast Asia, Malaysia is separated into two parts by the South China Sea. Its cattle is Kuala Lumpur and its currency is Ringgit. It is one of the 17 mega diverse countries as it has rich rainforests that have animals and plants that are only found in the region. It is also culturally diverse. I'm joined by Mr. Paul Tan, who is based in Kuala Lumpur. Hello, Sami. I'm so happy to have you on Kidacity today with me.
1: Thank you. I actually should be the one thanking you for inviting me to Kidacity. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Can you please introduce yourself to everybody?
1: Sure. My name is Paul Tan. I live in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. So Malaysia is uh, uh, really made up of um, about 30 million people. About 30 million people. Um, I I grew up here. I was educated here. So I've been a Malaysian all along, but I traveled the region. So I get the opportunity to really compare Malaysia to other countries. So I live in Malaysia and very much uh, working for an education company. And I'm very focused on helping the education company to educate people around the world. So it's a pleasure to meet you, Semi.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you too. So should we get started off with the questions?
1: Yes, let's do that.
0: The first question is, I heard that Malaysia's tagline is Malaysia, truly Asia. What is the reason behind that?
1: Oh, yes. Malaysia is is really truly Asia. I think um, your dad had the opportunity to visit Malaysia many times. I got to know your dad uh, through our work previously. And Malaysia is really truly Asia because we we are a melting pot of multiple cultures of Asia in one single country. We are made up of uh, several ethnicities in Malaysia, uh, mostly three groups of ethnicity: the Malay, the Chinese and the Indian. So these are, these are really the any cities in Malaysia and all of us together are now called Malaysians. And that's the reason why we are melting pot of cultures. And when you visit Malaysia, you can really see different aspects of Asia in Malaysia, whether that's from the culture perspective or whether that's from food perspective or, or even, you know, the people that you meet. Uh, there are m- multiple people here and it's not only three any cities there are multiple more any cities in malaysia so we are really truly asian
0: i've been to um, kuala lumpur airport unfortunately i never got to visit kuala lumpur but i truly think that it's a mix of culture in malaysia
1: absolutely mix of culture and uh, it's all kinds of people and all of us are very much united as malaysian and that's really truly asia
0: mm-hmm. So moving on to the next question, what is one of Malaysia's most important festivals and why is it so important?
1: I think there is, there is no only one festival because of the ethnicities that we have. Like I said earlier, we have got three main groups of ethnicity, um, the, the Malay, the Chinese and the Indian. So we are all very much um, a melting pot of cultures together. So there are really three key festivals that we celebrate together. The first is what we call Idul Fitri. Idul Fitri is really the celebration for the Muslim, for the Malay, uh, the first group of any city that I mentioned to you. And they, they represent the largest group in Malaysia. So that is really the celebration for the start of the Islamic calendar. And that's the Idul Fitri celebration, a very, very important celebration. And then the next one is, is really um, the Chinese New Year. So Chinese New Year is the second uh, Chinese being the second largest group of any city in Malaysia, this is also a very big celebration for us. I'm a Malaysian-Chinese, so this is a celebration for me. Uh, and we, we, we get a holiday for, for this as well, and it marks uh, the start of the Chinese uh, calendar. And then finally, uh, we also have the Indian population here, Malaysian-Indian, who have been living here for generations. And they cel- celebrate whatever you celebrate, Diwali. So, in fact, they just celebrated Diwali yesterday. So, uh, these are the three main festivals that we celebrate in Malaysia. So, there is no one festival. We celebrate all of these festivals together.
0: Well, that's really nice to hear that, you know, you have so many festivals that you get to celebrate. And, you know, they're all from different cultures. So, you get to know how every culture celebrates their own festival in different ways.
1: Yes, that's right. And more importantly, we will get more holidays. <laughs> so as we celebrate these festivals, we are given public holiday so we can go around and enjoy ourselves and have holidays. So Malaysia is one of the countries with the most public holidays around. So thanks to that, festivals.
0: Yeah, and I really want, you know, I really enjoy the holidays because, you know, you just relax and
1: Absolutely. It.
0: Malaysia is a great holidays, holiday destination for many. But what are the three top tourist attractions that you suggest?
1: So I will think about my own personal experience. Where are the top places that i visited in Malaysia that I love so much? So number one is really Penang. So Penang is a state in Malaysia that is slightly to the north of Malaysia. And that is where my wife is from as well. Um, So Penang is is known for its food, for its melting pot of cultures. So when you visit Penang, you get to taste all kinds of food. Very, very good food. And also you get to see all kinds of culture. And uh, Malaysia previously was being colonized by the British before. And again, in Penang, you can see really um, the remnants of the colonization. You can visit places where there there are still buildings that were built during those colonial times. So very beautiful buildings, very beautiful culture as well. So Penang is really, really nice for that. And it has got beautiful beach as well. So Penang would be one of my best pick. And then the second one would be an island holiday. So as I think about island holiday, I think it would probably be Redang Island, a place called Redang Island. So Redang Island um, is a beautiful island. Uh, It is uh, not in Kuala Lumpur, but it's towards the east of peninsular Malaysia. Uh, It's it's got crystal clear water, very clean beach, uh, and it's very, very much a tourist destination for, for people from all over the world. And then I would say the third pick would be something more back to nature. So back to nature would be a place called Fraser's Hill. So Fraser's Hill is probably about two and a half hours to three hours away from Kuala Lumpur, where I live. So Fraser's Hill is really up in the hill. So it's slightly chilly. The weather is really cold. It's really right in the middle of a jungle. uh, And it's very beautiful for its nature. So we can go for jungle trekking, horse riding. uh, We can visit the waterfall. Uh, and a lot of things back to nature. So it's really, really nice place to just chill and just do nothing there in Fraser Seal. So this would be my three pick, Penang, Redang Island, and Fraser Hill.
0: Mm-hmm. And I also actually enjoy, you know, all the landscapes, you know, like the beach eat. And I also enjoy trying different foods. And I also enjoy, you know, just being in the nature. So I really want to visit all of these top three tourist destinations.
1: Good. Next time you come here, I'll bring you around.
0: Okay, thank you. The next question is, what is your national sport?
1: It's a sport that is probably very much known only in Southeast Asia. It's called takraw. Takraw, it's spelled as T-A-K-R-A-W. I repeat that, it's T-A-K-R-A-W. It's called takraw. So takraw is really a kind of sport that I would say is similar to probably volleyball. But the only thing is you cannot use your hand to play the volleyball. And the ball is not a typical ball. It's a ball made of rattan, And these sports actually date back all the way to 15th century, many, many years ago. Um, so the, the, the each team in Sepak Takraw, we call it, uh, has got roughly around three members, and they will go against another three members from the opposing team. And the goal is really to make sure that you can hit the Takraw ball onto the the court of the other party, the other opposition. Um, So it's similar to volleyball, but very, very unique because of the ball that we use. And you got to use your head, you got to use your your leg to kick the ball uh, to the other side's court. Uh, It's Takro, and it's popular in Southeast Asia. Uh, We claim, Malaysians claim that we founded Takro. But other countries across Southeast Asia also claim that they founded Takraw, like from Indonesia, uh, from Thailand. So it's really a sport across Southeast Asia, and we call it our national sport. But having said that, I think Takraw is slowly, slowly losing its popularity. I think badminton is really uh, a sport that is well-liked in this country. Uh, And besides badminton, we are also very much into football, or sometimes we call it soccer. But Takraw is officially our national sport.
0: Well, that is one Sport that I've learned because Chakra is something new, and we can all learn one more sport. And this and Chakra sounds very fascinating, and I'm looking forward to playing it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very nice, and it's not easy to play. I've tried playing it myself. It's not easy to balance the ball with your head, with your feet, without the ball hitting your court, uh, but it's a very interesting sport.
0: Mm-hmm. And moving on to the next question. What is the Malaysian schooling system like?
1: In Malaysia, we typically have about two years of kindergarten or sometimes we call it preschool. Um, And that would be kids who are probably around five years old and six years old who would have to go to this preschool. And then after that, we get to primary school. And for primary school, we, we undertake about six years of study in primary school. And then finally, there's secondary school as well. After primary school, we get into secondary school and that's for five years. After going through five years of secondary school, we can decide whether we wanna spend about one and a half years with the government school again um, to to study what we call a pre-university program, or we can get into a private sector and get into a university with a private sector, a private university to study a foundation and then eventually to graduate uh, with a degree. So that's that's a system that we have. So in total, you study about two years preschool, six years of primary, five years of secondary, and then after that, you have multi, multiple options that you can consider.
0: Well, I, it's pretty similar the first three years to the Indian schooling system, but um, usually in India we have five years for the primary, and then the secondary we have seven years.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it's very similar.
0: Yeah, but also it's very different at the same time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we we adopted the system from from the British in the past. Um, So that's that's the reason why I think we have a bit of similarity uh, with India as well, because India was once also colonized by the British. So very, very similar, but yet different at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. And then the next question is, what is a very popular pastime for Cleets? The residents of Kuala Lumpur?
1: Hmm. Our favourite pastime, I would say, is shopping. (laughs) KL Kuala Lumpur. Uh, Kuala Lumpur is really a place that is quite hot. Um, The weather is quite hot. Um, It's always sunny. Um, Typically, what we do is we get out to the shopping malls out there because shopping malls are air conditioned and we can check out a lot of things. So over the weekend, you can expect to see typically quite a lot of the residents of Kuala Lumpur spending their time just walking around at a shopping mall. They might not be shopping, but they're just walking around, just checking out, hanging out with friends, having dinner with friends, going to cinema. So that's what we do. We spend time with the shopping mall and with our friends. Uh, So that's what we do. And uh, I would say that uh, for now, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, as you're aware, Uh, We are going out less and less. Uh, There is lockdown uh, in our country. So people cannot go out to shopping right now. But in a typical period without pandemic, that's what we love to do. Just spending time in a shopping mall.
0: Well, that's also one of my favorite pastimes because I love shopping. Mm -hmm. And then I love, you know, browsing through stores and looking at what they have.
1: Yes, I love that as well.
0: Okay, and how the new generation of Malaysians different compared to the earlier generation?
1: This is a very interesting question. I feel like the new generation, they are really digital citizen, I'll call them. Digital citizen in the sense that they are exposed to smartphone, uh, to internet. They have their Facebook account, Instagram account, uh, TikTok account. So they live really in the digital world. So that's that's something that is very different than the previous generation because previous generation, we have never really lived in the digital world. Uh, some of us, we might not even have Facebook. We might not even have Instagram or TikTok or whatever social media out there. Uh, but the new generation, they are so used to this. They are, they are all the time on their smartphone or on their laptop, surfing internet, uh, which, is, which is, of course, something that is uh, good but bad at the same time. Uh, good in the sense that they get to learn a lot of things. They get to read more and more about the world. They get exposed to the knowledge out there. Uh, But at the same time, because if they are focused too much on just the digital world, they are forgetting about the nature out there. They're forgetting to go out and just exercise a little bit, play a little bit. Um, So I think the world is really um, progressing ahead towards digital. We have to embrace it, but at the same time, we got to still enjoy the nature out there, go out for a little walk, uh, and spend some time off screen at times. But I think that's a key difference. Uh, The new generation is very much digital citizen. Uh, I would expect that moving forward, they'll be very, very tech savvy.
0: Very true. We need digital detox even as kids because now these days, everything is based online and, you know, we have online classes and then, you know, even kids' lives are online these days.
1: Yes, that's right. I like I like your word, digital detox. We need that from time to time. And I think everyone needs to balance their use of digital and also just enjoying their time in the real world sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. And the last question is, what is one thing you think that the world can learn from Malaysians?
1: I think it's back to the first question that you asked me about, um, you know, what, what is uh, the tagline of Malaysia, Malaysia being truly Asia. I think it's, it's about us, various ethnicities living together uh, as united Malaysians. I think we are living in very harmonious countries. Of course, at times we might have conflict here and there. That's common. But generally and most commonly, I would say that uh, Malaysians live as one. Various ethnicities, various cultures, various religions, but we are all living as Malaysians in one country and very, very united. So that's one thing that I think the world can learn from Malaysia.
0: Well, I agree with you that, you know, you have to live in peace and harmony and you should get, you should not get into conflicts very often.
1: Yes, with- absolutely. We, we want to promote world peace and integration and unity in the world. So I think that's something that the world can learn from Malaysia.
0: Um, yeah. Thank you for your time, Mr. Paul Dan.
1: Thank and- you very much. It's such a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for inviting me to your city.
0: Same over here. I wish you a very happy life ahead.
1: Thank you very much. You too. See you soon in Malaysia.
0: Isn't Malaysia truly Asia? We are at the end of the show and I want to leave you with an interesting day to remember. November 19th is celebrated as the World Toilet Day. Health experts say that it is one of the most important parts of our house and it should always be kept clean. So I urge all of you to make sure you always keep your toilet clean. Until next week, J. Hintrim Kidacity!